This is a podcast from Minute Media. Sox fans, here are the Bastards of Boston Baseball. Hello everyone and welcome to the Wild Card Game post-game show. Jason Kelly, Charlie Smith here with us. Red Sox win the Wild Card Game, beat the Yankees. I think we, I meant to look it up before we come on. I think they had beaten us seven or eight in a row, swept us two series in a row. Red Sox, I don't want to say hammered the Yankees, but thumped them a, a little uh, a little bit to get that six to two win. Stanton got a home run in the ninth inning, so it was almost six to one. How are you, gentlemen? I'm doing great. That was a fun night. That was a fun night. Um, always fun to see Yankees fans miserable. <laughs> always fun to see them lose because of stupid mistakes as well, um, which is just so classic Yankees, at least of the last decade or so. Um, and it's just great to see Aaron Boone just continue to lose. Brian Cashman continue to lose. And that fan base and that organization just look at themselves and going, what are we doing wrong? And we all just sit here and laugh and go, I don't know, but it's now 12 years without a title. So keep it up. <laughs> Charlie sucks to suck. Um, but uh, this was fun. I mean, no one saw this happening. No one saw a wild card opportunity for the Red Sox. And, you know, a couple weeks ago, I think Terry and I are like spinning the wheel here of uh, this week maybe nah, no this week yes uh, not this week so super fun some impressive moments uh that play at the plate probably changed the entire mindset of the game i mean that was the biggest ouch that new york could have had uh the first one was uh was special it was Giancarlo stan just absolutely caught staring thinking he had a home run it was the long wall ball single that was just stupid you can't do that in the playoffs you just can't you're 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 a vet it was just sad if you're a yankees fan i feel bad for you i feel bad that was just pathetic that first stanton hit though john sterling called it as a home run and went through his whole spiel you know the stentonian blast and then finally The ball comes back in, Stanton standing on third, and he said something like, what did I not see there? <laughs> he thought yeah, it was a home run. Yeah. 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 It was good. He's a legend, so I'm not going to get on him too bad. Um, not that I, I hate Joe Castiglione or anything, but, but yeah. So good stuff there in that judge play at the plate that was misjudged, wow. as I like to say on Twitter. Um, that was a momentum killer, just like what you were alluding to, Charlie. And quite frankly, that was a Red Sox move to get gunned down at the plate, being a mile out. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's Red it was, Sox. It was gorgeous. Base running, yeah. 
Absolutely. So Charlie and I gave our predictions. We both picked Red Sox wins. And um, I'm not going to lie. I felt like I was lying. So I'm being honest about that was a tongue twister. I'm being honest that I felt like I was lying when I gave my prediction. I couldn't just go on there and pick the Yankees. And I I was probably like 51% in favor of the Red Sox winning. So by 1%, I felt like it was more likely than not. But like I said, lost several games in a row to them coming in. We got thumped just as recently as the weekend before last, especially the bullpen. And I... I really felt Evaldi was going to be solid, but where were you guys at coming into the game? Were you like, oh my God, this could be the last night we watch Red Sox? Like, really, where were you at, honestly? I certainly was. Um, I thought for sure they were going to lose tonight, and not because of Evaldi. I thought, like you said, I thought Evaldi would be solid, but I thought inevitably the bullpen would come in. I, I didn't think that they would score enough runs. I thought the bullpen would come in and blow it. And I also kind of thought that we'd get a better Garrett Cole than we did. Um, and we didn't, you know, I, I thought that Garrett Cole, because the Red Sox have roughed him up in the past, he struggled at Fenway. I thought, okay, he's not going to let that happen. He's the ace of the Yankees staff. You know, is he a little bit overpaid? Was he a spider tech guy? Yep. All of that. Sure. Of course. He's still a really good pitcher. So I thought, okay, he's going to figure it out. He's going to come in here and he's going to dominate this lineup that has quite frankly looked kind of dead the last week or so. Yeah, they picked it up a little bit in, you know, in the Washington series, but that was against Washington. Like, I thought, forget about it. Like, you know, J.D. Martinez was out. Bogarts have been looking dead for the last week or so. They just really, they kind of looked like a lifeless team. And I thought, yeah, Cole's going to come in here and, and dominate. And he didn't. He didn't look sharp. Red Sox had him off balance. Bogarts went off early and... You know, it, it just, it all kind of worked out. The bullpen amazingly um, held it together. So, yeah, I fully expected a loss, um, mainly just because I thought the Red Sox, I, I think both teams were flawed, but I thought the Red Sox were more flawed. And so I thought that would come into play, but it didn't. And they're lucky it didn't. Charlie, where were you at coming into the game? I So here's the thing. Before I gave my call, I didn't think I was lying. I didn't feel like I was lying. I really wanted to believe that this was Evaldi's to lose. Uh, there was a lot of pressure on Nate Evaldi. I wanted, I think if, if you remember, I said Evaldi's going to give you six of, I think it was two runs, five hits, two walks, seven strikeouts. And I wasn't far off. I was pretty close. I think he had eight strikeouts, one walk. He allowed one run, a couple hits. He did a damn fine job. Um, J.D. Martinez did not play. Jason Ray hit up on the fact that Garrett Cole was a shadow of himself. Um, that really helped. I mean, I'm not going to say, oh, was it the Red Sox? Was it the Yankees losing or did the Red Sox win this one? I think the Red Sox won and the Yankees lost, but not just all of the Yankees, two Yankees in particular. Um, one kind of redeemed himself. The other one, not so much. Uh, Giancarlo Stanton started the game off on the wrong foot staring at a single you think it's a home run you have to run hard it's the playoffs it's the playoffs you are the second highest paid player on the team 
You need to start owning that and setting a proper example. You start showing off to your rookies on your team that you don't have to hustle in the playoffs. Bad look. Garrett Cole, I don't know what we saw. That was a very uncustomary $324 million appearance. Um, but this is the thing. I had a tweet that went out a couple nights ago, and I said, you know, how are you guys feeling? And I talked about Garrett Cole's uh, ERA both for the season and at Fenway Park um, against or Fenway and Boston. So he has an ERA against Boston of 4.91, ERA at Fenway of 6.19. Valdi had an ERA of 3.71, well under one run better than uh, Garrett Cole. And at Fenway, it was 3.47, almost three runs better. I genuinely felt really good about this, and I've been saying this for the past three, four days. It is going to come down to pitching. Pitching is what wins games. Pitching is what wins in the playoffs. And Nate Valdi spun a gem and did what he had done every single game against the Yankees this year outside of the game that Terry and I went to owned them owned them. Absolutely. And with Garrett Cole, I wasn't dreading it necessarily because we'd seen him recently and maybe they could take something from that. And he seemed to be in his own head a little bit. The Indians thumped him. That shouldn't have happened. Toronto put up four runs on him. That's to be expected with, with, um, you know, a team with a um, explosive lineup like that. But, yeah, so getting it out of the way. Autumn is in the air. The pumpkins are in the patch. And our friends at Manscaped are here to make sure you don't carve your pants pumpkins when you're grooming, if you know what I'm saying. Make sure you're keeping things fresh this fall with the leaders in male grooming and their brand-new fourth-generation performance package, Boys, get ready for a cuffing season like no other. Ready to take the leap into fall with Manscaped? Join the 2 million men worldwide using Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20. First off, the new Performance Package 4.0 includes the new Lawnmower 4.0. If you're looking to cozy up this fall, this trimmer is essential. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. Make your balls a priority this fall. Choose Manscaped. Your balls will thank you. Well done. So let's get into Nate Evaldi here. Um, I felt pretty good that he was going to be solid. He might have given up one run like he did. I would have even considered three runs fairly solid. You're not getting thumped, especially since he gave up seven. And and I was really impressed at how amped up he was. Like, you could really see it, you know, in between strikeouts, he, the way he would kind of pace around the mound as the, the next batter would come into the box. You, you could tell he was bringing it, and he was on it. And I, I maintained the whole time I wanted Nathan Avoldi to pitch this game. I did not want... Any part of Chris Sale, he didn't look good in the last game against the Nationals and got pulled in the third inning. I think he might have recorded one out in the third. So we already knew at that point it was definitely Evoldi, but um, 
I'm just glad Cora didn't overthink it and go with the the ace on paper by reputation. And uh, yeah, big game pitcher. But Jason, what did you think of Avoldi? Yeah, um, there's only two guys on this staff that I think had the balls to pitch this game, and that's Nathan Avoldi and Chris Sale. The difference is you're not getting the best of Chris Sale right now. You're just not. Is he good? Yeah, but he's he's not all the way back yet. Um, he may never be the Chris Sale of old that he was. We don't know yet. Right now, you are getting the very best version of Nathan Avaldi. I know his last start was really bad and didn't give anyone a ton of confidence, but this season overall, this is the best season of Nathan Avaldi's career, without a doubt. So he he may never be this good again. Um, and like I said, I just the stones on that guy, that's who you want on the mound in an elimination game, win or go home, either him or Chris Sale. And like I said, he's better than Chris Sale right now. So I was glad that Cora went with him. Wish he had stuck with him a little bit longer. I didn't love seeing him get pulled at 71 pitches because I still think that he had a lot more to give. Luckily, it didn't come back and bite us. But he was on. He was on, you know, from the first inning on. Um, He made one mistake to Anthony Rizzo. That's really it. I I don't think he really made a ton of other mistakes in this game. So um, the ball that Stanton hit, sure. You know, most ballparks that might be out. Thanks to the Green Monster for keeping that one in. Um, But other than that, he was on fire. And, um, you know, in years past, I think that we have often bemoaned the Nathan Avaldi contract. You know, too many years, too much money, too much of an investment. He's worth every penny of that contract right now. He's worth every penny, if not more. He is absolutely dealing. And if the Red Sox are going to make a deep run now at this point, Nathan Avaldi is going to be a huge part of it. Right now, two key words you just mentioned, right now. He's worth it right now. Because there was a significant part of that contract that he was not worth it right now. Uh, or then, I should say. Uh, Nate Evaldi in two starts this year, not counting the, the, the fluffer dud that we had in uh, late September, averaged seven and two-thirds a game against the Yankees, seven hits a game, one and a half runs, a mind-blowing half walk, and seven strikeouts per game. Before that rough outing, he had allowed earned runs of one in six innings, one in seven and two-thirds, one in five, two in seven and two-thirds. I don't know how you go with anybody else outside of, of Nate Valdi right now. We very well, as Jason said, could be seeing the very best of Nate Valdi right now. And the only other guy I would have considered playing in this game is Chris Sale playing operative word starting. There was only one option. And if you were deviating from that, I'm really questioning how many games you watch this season because one guy's been here all season. One guy's been here for 28 minutes, big difference. And at the end of the day, when the game matters the most, you need to go with the guy that's been there all season has been incredibly consistent Minor outliers every pitcher has. But you know what? Nate Evaldi has to be the guy of this game. Has to be. 
he was solid and his pitch count was low the whole time. He not in addition to his strikeouts, he got eight of them, like you said, Charlie. He also got some quick pop flyouts, which helped keep the count low. And as the fifth inning started, I'm like, well, geez, how long can he go at this point with the pitch count being so low? You're gonna get six out of him. You're gonna get seven, maybe eight in a in a dream scenario. And I think the Yankees did start to figure him out a little bit because in the sixth inning, Anthony Rizzo hit that home run, and that was uh, right after Avaldi got Rugnet Odor out. So Rizzo then hits the homer, and then uh, Judge gets a, a sharp grounder for a single. And I think, I think at that point. Cora just figured that they're on to him and we're going to make a move now. And I wasn't crazy about it because there was one out in the inning and I thought he might've been able to get out of it. And who are you going to? I, I mean, there's some guys that have been okay lately. Brazier, Robles, um, Whitlock was back. I like Pavetta and quite frankly, I, I would have liked Pavetta in the Hauk spot, but Hauk pitched very well. Uh, despite getting knocked around by the Yankees uh, the weekend before last. But anyway, so he just, Cora made that move. But, and and Jason, I, I wanted to touch on one other thing you said, the contract. At this point, you're right. It, it, it basically is worth every penny of it. What he did this year was completely unforeseen, though. 34 starts. Or 32 starts, something like that. It was it was definitely over 30. And I think about 185, 190 innings. That was unforeseen. I never thought he would do that again in his career. You know, he had the Tommy John. Then he had the loose bodies thing in his elbow and m missed two months because of that. And the one contract, you can kind of compare this to a little bit is the John Lackey contract. That contract was a major bust until 2013. He had a year and a half where he just wasn't good. He got shut down late 2011, ended up having Tommy John, missed all of 2012 because of it, which was the Bobby Valentine year, came back fresh in 2013, and uh, was, a, was a big part of that World Series run. So that contract took a while. And that's kind of what happened with the Evaldi thing. Now, I don't think we're going to win the World Series. <laughs> like, it, you know, winning the wild card game, now it finally feels like we're in the playoffs. Because to me, the wild card game is game 163 until you survive it and then you're in the LDS. But, but I was impressed with Evaldi. And despite the, the relatively quick hook, I he's gonna get a start against Tampa probably I was just mapping it out in my head regular rest for him would be Sunday so that's game three unfortunately but it, it does guarantee him a start if you can steal one of the first two games but we'll be getting into the Tampa series tomorrow night so there will be a show 24 hours after this one so who is the MVP of the series would you guys say uh, series the of the game rather. the game yes of the yeah game. I, I i don't know how you can give it to anyone outside of Avaldi. i mean what he did was absolute perfection he gave you five plus 
71 pitches. I mean, a dumb game for him. He struck out well over one per inning. Really, in my opinion, Jason touched up on it, the one blemish, and that's the uh, Rizzo jack to right field. That's it. I mean, he came and did his job. Do I think he could have finished the sixth? I do. Do I think he probably would have allowed another run? It's possible, but who knows? Um, the Red Sox did the right thing by pulling him out when they did. I think they had to assume everyone's had an extra day of rest. People are ready. People are hungry. You also got players on the Red Sox that played for the Yankees or were given up by, on by the Yankees. And I really was hoping that if someone was going to close it out, it was going to be Whitlock because nothing would have been a bigger middle finger to the team that you knock out then yeah remember me yeah the one that you didn't find to be valuable i just ended your season and he did so i'd love to be able to say whitlock for an honorable mention but this series was the native aldi uh native aldi uh series slash game and surprisingly enough i wouldn't be surprised if any of you guys make a case for xander because he had a good game too uh, but Nate Evaldi is going to be my my hero for this one and, in my opinion, the MVP. Yeah, um, I'll gladly make the case for Xander because he was my MVP. Um, Evaldi was was dynamite, don't get me wrong, but um, my one of my biggest concerns going into this game was the offense, uh, which I thought had been lacking for a little bit, and Xander Bogarts was your offensive catalyst. Um, he hits that two-run homer early, puts you up early, um later on in the game he's facing severino a guy who he was two for 24 against going into that at bat manages to draw a walk and granted severino i don't think was very good in this game but still he's going up against a guy who has uh, been a bugaboo for him in the past draws a walk gets on base verdugo drives him in and you know just tacks on another run um and then thirdly that relay play that was mostly Xander. I mean, Kike did a good job corralling it because Verdugo looked lost out there when the ball hit the wall. But Kike's throw in was a little bit off. Xander had to kind of lunge to his left to get it and then just threw an absolute strike to the plate. Didn't hesitate, pivoted, threw it right away. And Judge was probably still out by a mile, you know, even if he did hesitate. But it was a perfect relay throw from Xander, perfect throw to Ploiecki. That's what that's what got Judge nailed down, and that was a killer play. I mean, that just that drained, that took all the wind out of the Yankee sails. If they were hoping to mount any sort of a comeback, that was just a, a perfect relay by him. And and Kike deserved a little credit too, but Xander really made that play happen. So, um, for a guy who I thought had been mostly dead for the last couple of weeks, really wasn't giving you much. Um, a guy I had major concerns about as to you know. How badly do you want this? Do, do you even care if this team makes the playoffs or not? Like, I was really starting to question that, and he showed up tonight. So he showed up in a big way. I think, you know, not maybe not as impactful as what Ivaldi did on the mound, but maybe co-MVP or if Ivaldi's your 1A, he's 1B. He was, he was dynamite on offense. Was that a sale joke? Wind out of your sails or no? <laughs> no I, don't think I mean, so. I, I, wasn't sure been, thousand, but... I wasn't sure if that was intentional or not. Uh, you know, you can make solid cases for either guy, but I also do kind of lean towards Xander because he got the party started and you don't have JD Martinez. And to be honest with you, I wasn't overly concerned with Martinez because I knew he wasn't going to win the game by himself and that 
everybody else would have to step up. And there's enough talent on this team to step it up if if it's going to happen. And like Jason said, we've been flat coming into this game for the most part. We had a couple of late rallies against the Nationals, which wasn't looking good earlier and even in the middle parts of those games. But right from the get-go, two-run bomb. Xander gets us on the board. He also drew two walks and scored on one of them as well. So he was on base three times. Um, Verdugo, like I said, drove him in. And I think Verdugo also gets an honorable mention because driving in that run with Xander was big because that got us to 4-1. to one. And then later on in the game, he hit a double, drove in two more runs, and basically put the game somewhat out of reach. I was not even remotely concerned at that point that it could go sideways. And... But I, I do kinda I do kinda lean towards giving it to Xander. So um let's see. Hopefully Martinez will be back. I, I read some Cora quotes, but none of them were talking about the next series. He was just kind of reflecting on this game and uh, you know, giving certain players a little bit of praise. So um ho- hopefully he will be back and you'll you'll the power balance will be where you want it to be, but that was impressive. And with the Yankees, let me get up the box score. Red Sox pitching overall, even the bullpen was solid. Stanton was three for four and he's just hot right now and he, and he can't miss and certainly can't miss Red Sox pitchers, but he was three for four. Then you have the Rizzo home run. And you you take away those two players, all you have is uh, a hit from Judge and a and a hit from Gio Urshela. Two more hits outside of what Stanton and Rizzo did. So Red Sox pitching held up really good. Everybody out of the bullpen was solid. Brazier, uh, who came in with runners on, and um, didn't didn't give up an inherited run. Hauk was good. Robles. Robles, don't we have to say that that's a good pickup now? <laughs> as crazy as it is and as unforeseen as it is, he's been solid the last few weeks and had a couple of big spots in the nat- National Series and then tonight just shut him down in the eighth inning. I mean, begrudgingly, yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> oh, I'll say in uh, in hindsight, sure. It, it's it's been a good pickup. I still think the guy's a ticking time bomb. So I still think that at some point, you know, in this uh, DS series, if he's pitching in a big spot, it could go south real quickly. But uh, so far, yeah, it's been a decent pickup. Um, I'm feeling a little punny. So in hindsight, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say, um, I'm not going to say, no, it was a bad move. I, I'd be okay saying you know Hansel as far as Hansel and Gretel is working out a little bit better than we thought it was actually going to work out I'm, I'm okay saying that because we won today's game so I'm not going to sit here and bag on players you know I'm not going to bag on Xander today Xander did his job um, but in my opinion I'm always going to prefer pitching over hitting because it wasn't just Xander Bogarts doing work if Xander Bogarts had three homers and five RBIs I think we would be talking about something different but there were other guys that that hit and did their work. 
Um, no one else did what Evaldi did. Period. Bar none in this game. It just it didn't happen. No. The the Yankees bullpen did get a couple of double plays, which were annoying. But outside of that, their pitching was largely not that effective. Joey Gallo was 0 for 4 on the night. Glaber Torres 0 for 4 as well. So not a lot of production out of that lineup anyway. Gary Sanchez sat. Oh, actually, he did come in for one at bat, but Kyle Higashioka got the start because he is Garrett Cole's personal catcher. So let's just run through the Red Sox box here. Uh, as I mentioned, Kyle Schwarber got a solo shot off of Garrett Cole, which was basically the end of his night. And Kike, uh, one for three. Rodugo two for four. We covered him. One one other thing that I think is uh, important here. Were you guys surprised Ploiecki got the start over Vasquez? Because Vasquez, the better defensive catcher, he's going to hold the base runners. But do you value that, or do you value the fact that Avoldi is like almost a full run less? in the ERA when Ploiecki's catching him. Like, you could go either way. You could make a solid case, but we saw in 2018, we saw Vasquez catching Porcello, which never happened in the season. It was always Sandy. And for whatever reason, Cora valued Vasquez, but this time around goes with Ploiecki in 2021. I, th I think you hit it on the head. It was the fact that one catcher had a little bit better rapport behind the plate. I also trust Ploiecki to get get a hit in the game. I think if you have to give each one of those guys 10 at-bats, you're going to get three hits out of Ploiecki. You might get one, maybe two out of Vasquez. Uh, I just I see Ploiecki being the better fit because he can do a little bit more offensively, even if it's getting a walk or a single. You're doing something. I just can't say that I feel as comfortable um, with, with Vasquez. Unfortunately, I think he's just... Oh gosh, I don't want to say outdated. I just I think he's worn. I think he's exhausted. I think he's tired and his times as a starter are over. Yeah, I wasn't surprised because Vasquez, you're right, he's better at throwing out base runners, but the Yankees aren't a base running team. They're they're not a they're not a stolen base machine. They've got some guys with decent speed, but in general, that's not their game. Their game is that they want to hit bombs, they want to get extra base hits, they want to score that way. So I didn't care about Ploiecki being back there because I didn't think anyone was going to run on him anyway. They have a slow old lineup. Um, and I do value his the rapport that he has with Ivaldi, And I think Cora does as well. Um, for Vasquez, you know, it, it wasn't just that he was he had the defensive prowess. He used to have a better bat than Ploiecki. I don't think that's the case anymore. You know, Vasquez used to be a decent 275 hitter with some power. He's not that guy anymore. He, he's just inconsistent. I think he's lost a little bit at the plate. And I think Ploiecki's a little bit more of a professional hitter. You know, Ploiecki's not going to light the world on fire offensively, but he's going to give you good at bats. And <clears throat> I just think right now that combined with the way he works with the pitching staff, I'm not surprised at all that Cora went with him. I thought that was the right move. 
Yeah, and I, I didn't hate it by any means, but I just he just seemed so tight with Vasquez that I, I thought Vasquez would get it. Like, why why is Vasquez catching Chris Sale, if you think about it? I mean, automatically I thought it was going to be Pulecki from the get-go, and it just hasn't been. So it just felt like there was some favoritism there, but Evaldi... Evaldi might have had more say than than even Cora. If Evaldi walks into Cora's office and is adamant, like I want Plowacki, he that that probably gets it done. I, I think Cora is the type of manager um, that would just roll with it if that's what Evaldi really wanted. So, um, so it, it worked out. I still think Sandy Leon's coming back next year, but we'll we'll get into that at least twenty times during the winter. Um, but yeah, any uh, any other observations? I just think I look at that Yankees lineup. <clears throat> we talked about it a little bit, but they're really missing DJ. They're really missing Voight. Um, and it's funny that a fan base that maligned Giancarlo Stanton for so long, he's their best hitter right now. He's been better than Judge down the stretch, and. You know how much I love Aaron Judge. I picked him to win MVP for the season. Like, I love that guy. But Stanton was the better hitter. Um, I you look at some of the additions they made. Odor is to me kind of useless. I think Gallo's a little bit useless as well, especially if they're not playing at home. Um, you know, bringing back old ass Brett Gardner for God knows what reason when there were so many other outfielders they could have had. They could have they could have went out and got Hunter Renfro in free agency and instead they're like oh no let's bring back 37 year old brett gardner that'll work out like again it's just you look at brian cashman it's like how does this guy still have an effing job i know and it's and it's really just because he got them close enough he got them to a wild card game and so instead the fan base is going to direct their ire at boone and they're going to direct their ire at gary sanchez and you know all the other hitters that didn't perform but you look at cashman it's like dude he doesn't have it anymore. It, the guy just, you're not going to win with him. He's he, he just, you're not. It's, I don't get it. It, it. And he'll be back next year making more stupid moves for them. But good luck to Yankees fans. <laughs> next year will be the year he gets canned if he doesn't get fired this offseason. I think it, it could be. I don't think it will be this offseason, but I think you're right, Charlie. I think I predicted, you, I can dig up a tweet where I said he would get fired after the 2022 season, and I think I gave that in 2019 or perhaps early 2020, but his time has to be coming to an end if if they want to turn that around. I mean, he, he sold like half the farm to get Rizzo, Gallo, there, I know I'm forgetting one or two other guys that they got, and he's just—he's similar to Dombrowski in that he's a keep the band together type of guy. That's why you're still getting—you're yep. still getting Gardner, and with the Stanton deal, I love to roast that deal, but it just hasn't worked. It just hasn't worked. It—I know they thumped us a little bit, and, and he had a good September, but. That that contract is going to hold them back more than anything. Him and Cole are making their average annual values are like sixty million, a little over sixty million combined, and that puts it's a, you, yeah. It's incredible how much money they're making. So this year they combined for sixty-five million. Next year they'll combine for sixty-five million. 
2023, 24, and 25, they'll be combining for $68 million. Two players are making more than one entire team. It's just unbelievable. When you look at the payroll for the contracts for or the the contracts and payroll for some of these teams, the Yankees opened up the the season number 2, 197.6. Number 1, 50 million above them was the Dodgers. But there are some teams on here. The Pittsburgh Pirates are last, 45.2. Cleveland Indians are 29th, 49.6. They're making more money than four or five teams in baseball. The the Orioles are at 57 million. The Marlins at 56.9. Um, I'm going to have to try to look for the 26th one on the list. Where's the Rays? Um, they got to be somewhere down there. Oh, the oh, Rays are 26th. 66.7. Okay. Garrett Cole. That's going to be my next tweet. I'm calling it right now. Garrett Cole and Giancarlo Stanton make as much money as the entire Tampa Bay Rays. Right. Yeah. Let that sink in. That's insane. And that's going to hurt. They're a juggernaut, as we found out at various points this year and as we might find out again. Um, But that absolutely is insane. And if anybody calls Brian Cashman this winter and says, hey, you know, what about Stanton? And he doesn't make the deal 30 seconds later to unload that contract. He's even dumber than we think. You're you're seeing a lot less in Cashman we trust tweets and hashtags and on Yankee Twitter bios and all that. So it's going to be fun to watch that whole franchise just kind of burn to the ground. And, and we're going up. We're going upwards. We should... 92 wins was a hell of an accomplishment this year. So it's hard to really think you're going to blow that out of the water the next year but we're 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 still going to be better and we're going to be more balanced and we're going to compete for the division win probably a little bit more competitively than we did this year so um hey guys just to put this into perspective too sure the yankees had nine guys making 10.1 million or more four guys made more than 15 million three made more than 17.4 you already know who the top two guys are. Tampa Bay has one guy making more than $7 million. It's un... Kevin yeah. Kiermeyer. Oh, it's Kiermeyer. Yeah, okay. Yeah, Kiermeyer is number one. Because uh, I, I thought it was going to be Glasnow or, or Archer in the in the one-two spot, but I, I, I actually forgot that Kiermeyer um, had signed an extension too um, a couple years back. So he's got just option time now. He's got, I think, one more year left. Um, They'll decline it, I bet. I almost, oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. he's going to go get paid. He's going to leave and, and make some money. He's 30. He's, I think he's like 31 or 30 years old. But, I mean, you got just a stellar team. And the crazy thing is, after this year, there's $22 million committed next year, Six, uh, just over $5 million in 2023. Just over $5 million in 2023. The Yankees already have 96.5 million committed. 19 times that. And that is owed to four players. Five, if you want to count Severino. It's just unreal. It's just, I got no words. 
The the best thing that Cashman can do at this point is do a 2016 all over again where they traded all the old guys and they got some prospects back. That's the year they got Torres for Chapman. Like that's that they had, you know, Brian McCann was on the roster and they traded him for a prospect somehow. That's the best thing he can do. It's just round up all the old guys that you don't want, you know, trade guys like Gio Urshela, who's going to start declining trade someone like Stanton. If you can take, if anyone wants to take that contract, you give them away stuff like that because they're going to get older and slower and they're going to regress even more and it's just going to look worse and worse if it keeps going they're going to have an interesting situation with judge as well what do you do i don't think he has the balls to trade him yeah he's going to get the dumb extension and it's going to be stanton all over again yeah they'll pay him i think yeah they might be able to get something for glaber if they move on but he Cashman hasn't even been smart enough to trade Gary Sanchez yet. <laughs> so it's just that just shows you how how dumb he is. If I I it would be impossible for me to be a Yankees podcaster. And I, I there's just I would be just so sick of Cashman and Boone and and everything. I don't know how Yankees podcasters do it to be honest with you. But I think he has separation anxiety. The <laughs> idea of letting go of one of his toys is like someone who doesn't know how to share. He doesn't want anybody to get his guys. And I think part of it is is um is an ego thing. He doesn't want to look weak or look like he failed with any of his moves, any of his additions. So he's hoping that all of these guys all hit. If he were to move three, four of these pieces, then everyone says, uh, Cashman acknowledges he made some mistakes. He screwed up. And I think he's too prideful for that. And his pride is going to is gonna continue to hurt the Yankees for another three, four years minimum. Well, I, I think there's two things. Number one, as important as winning is, I think he, he finds a lot of he, – he finds a sense of security knowing that his fan base is happy. Like when he made the Garrett Cole signing, he's like, okay, that's at least – half a season or maybe even a full season they're not going to be on me because i made a move so i think there's that but i think there's also this fear that if gary sanchez ends up going to the braves or the brewers or whatever and just goes off and starts becoming an mvp candidate again i don't think he can handle that i think he's petrified of that so i think there's a couple of couple of things going on but there's no denying that his seat's getting hotter and hotter and the results just aren't coming. So he he can make a big splash this winter again. And, and if in July the Red Sox and Rays are ahead of them or even one of those teams, it's, you know, the, the heat goes back up. So, all right, we will wrap on that and be back again in 24 hours. Hopefully, we're going to have some pitching matchups for at least game one and two of the ALDS, which will be against the Tampa Bay Rays. Astros and White Sox are on the other side of the bracket. And uh, the first two games of the Rays-Red Sox series will be in the trop. And Tampa, they are the number one seed. So the other good news too, or at least I consider it to be good news. 
games one and two on Thursday and Friday. Those are primetime starts uh, just after 7 o'clock. So we, um, everybody who works a, a normal schedule will be able to see it. S the Sunday game, if anyone's wondering, will be a 4 p.m. start, but that's a Sunday anyway. So everyone take care, and we'll uh, be back with you tomorrow. Take care.